Doug and Marty versus the world is paid for by Doug Bassler, Marty McClendon, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Well, there's nothing like a warm cup of coffee and Doug and Marty versus the world. This is Doug Bassler. And this is Marty McClendon. Welcome to the show, Doug and Marty versus the world. We are tremendously blessed. But Doug, as we know what this weekend is and what today is as well, we're going to start the show off with our deepest gratitude for every one man, every man, woman out there that served our great country and uh, in the military forces uh, any capacity whatsoever and those families that support them. So if you are a veteran, uh, we um, are deeply and grateful for what you've yeah, done. Yeah, just go ahead and stand up right now. We'll give you a big yeah, that's round right. of we'll applause. Just, that's yeah. right. <laughs> we can do it over the air. Just know that we're thanking you and we appreciate you. We love you guys you. and gals. Yes, we do. And and many, 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 many of our close friends are veterans. And uh, uh, we, we salute you. Our, we can't salute you, but we thank you. <laughs> because I don't think either one of us uh, salute. Has well, we salute, can. brother. We're not. We're not. Uh, you know, qualified to salute because we've never been that trained in boot camp and all that. But God bless you. We thank you for your service. God bless you. So cool. You know, my uh, my assistant uh, is a, a veteran, uh, mm-hmm. and um, she's a uh, in a Navy vet, many years retired from the armed services and all that, and. Um, yeah, I was like, can I hang out with you today? Because I know you're going to get like tons of free food and stuff. Right. <laughs> and she's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, but, you know, get out there. Enjoy, enjoy it. Enjoy the adulation of the adoring crowds as they honor you for Veterans Day and your veteran you know, service. And many people serve for many different reasons. There's people that uh, don't have a clue about why this nation was founded or or the values that they defend. They've gone there for different reasons. Some people go because they want to defend uh, against enemies, foreign and domestic others. Whatever the reason is, they're still serving when they serve. And when you and I are big on the fact that this nation, right, is the shining city on the hill for the entire world, as Reagan would put it, right? This idea, these ideals that were on based on biblical values um, that our defendants is allowed to, the entire world to have prosperity. Beyond that, though, freedom, though, the idea of freedom, the idea of individual rights, right, um, sprouted out and through America and the founding. So when they're serving, even at the at whatever capacity they served in, they're serving to defend that and defend us against our enemies. So I just am very grateful. I think sometimes they, they um, dismiss or go, oh, whatever. No, it's not. This is something. This is a sacrifice. And we appreciate people that have done it. So, yeah. Yeah. And so we need to defend them. Yeah, exactly Come right. Well, come on now. That's uh, interesting <laughs> so, stuff. Uh, you know, I I did not watch the debate last Wednesday, okay? But now I wish I would have. Because I, I don't, you know, because I'm a Trump guy, obviously. Right. And, right. Um, you know, who wants to watch the kids' table when you can watch the main event? So um, I'm having turkey with Trump. And at uh, any rate, but Vivek Ramaswamy, come on. That was, you You know, I see the sound, and I'm like, I should probably go back and watch the whole thing because he was in rare form. He's very Trumpian. I think politics has changed, brother. What do you think? I do. Uh, the idea that 
politics used to be sort of like a rollover and take it. You can you can do your talking points, but then whatever, right? They had the lobbyists in play. Now you have uh, Trump set the model of fighting back, of pushing back, of of calling out the elephant in the room, and it's it's uncomfortable for the establishment, which is really really good. Vivek Ramaswamy, as you said, is, is same. same. Same with you. I went to watch that on Thursday, thinking it was Thursday. It was Wednesday. So I want to go back and watch it as well. I saw the highlights for him. But it struck me. I told you, I told you off the air that, that I have an opinion uh, about Vivek that um, two of them. First one, one you will agree with. The other one I want to get your opinion on. The first one, of course, is we both think that he will be in the Trump administration. From the very beginning, he's been very Trumpian, as you said, but he's not attacked Trump. He's agreed with Trump multiple times. He talks about his uh, capability as a young person, a different perspective and so forth, but he's never come out and said Trump was wrong. He's come out and said, yeah, he did the right thing. Whereas the rest of them are trying to differentiate themselves, right? Say I'm different than Trump, whatever. He's not. He's like, Trump's going to win. He knows this. He wants to be on the ticket. He wants to be in his cabinet, whatever it may be. That's where I think you might agree with him. I think he's going to serve somewhere. But on that note, I'm thinking about it, brother, last night even. And um, remember during the Democrat primary when you had like Jay Inslee out there getting less than 1% and Kamala Harris out there uh, and just really the, the Democrats and Republicans didn't like her, right? And you had Pete Buttigieg, or as Biden calls him, Buttigieg, right? Yeah, it, this guy that out there, this, this gay mayor from somewhere in middle America, right, that was doing a poor job, but had a lot of like media darling attention, right? But he was talking, uh, you know, in many ways like, Vivek. It was funny. So, and then he screwed up. I mean, when he, when he was made the secretary, uh, secretary of transportation, whatever it was at, at all the crisis, I mean, he's a terrible example, but in some ways, Vivek is the Republican version of Pete Buttigieg, not gay, but very outspoken. He's the highlight of most of these secondary debates. He is a prominent someone that will probably serve in Trump's cabinet. Now, very much like Pete Buttigieg knew he wasn't going to win but worked his way into a position in the cabinet. I think there's some, a lot of similarities in those two and how they're drawing attention to themselves. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I know, I know I'm not trying to defame uh, uh, Vivek and calling him Pete Buttigieg, but there's very, a lot of similarities when you think about the Democrat primary and the Republican primary now. Well, um, I mean, you, there, you didn't call him Hitler, but, I did not. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not a big, obviously, you know, to judge is just like you know and 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 who's this other uh uh person that is in the biden administration that uh dresses up like a lady and uh it's an he's an admiral and uh, anyway there's um, a couple of them by the way I, i've yes. noticed that both him and buddha judge are white so just mm -hmm. saying you know the only way you can be a minority is to go dress up you know wear the wig or you know be gay or whatever so yeah at least vivek at least vivek ravaswamy who is a i don't know exactly i think hindu um you know but he's he's like yes. hey i love the christians the christians are great you know kind of thing so right. um and there's some definitely some policy stuff that is not exactly you know what i would say would be evangelical christian policy but um I love I was, the fact uh, yeah. that he at least is, you know, it's kind of like I've often said, brother, if you can't win, say what you want, you know, just exactly. go for it. That's it. <laughs> you're not going to get, you're not going to get the nomination, but 
why not just have some fun? While I, you're I out think there? that's it, though. He is free to do everything, to be disruptive, to whatever. And honestly, right, when he's out there and he is like he's pro Trump because he's all saying that yeah, Trump did the right thing. Look what happened. And he's calling out all the people that Trump would have if he was there. It's almost like he's a surrogate of Trump. But I think that's why you and I like him so much. When he calls out the CNN reporter, when he, when he says, hey, you covered up and ran with this false information about this dossier and the Clinton stuff, you know, for two years. Right now, what was that, that? Was that was that real or was that Hillary Clinton manufactured stuff? Go, he says. Go. I like go. That is like <laughs> yeah, and so, put them back on their heels. Lester Holt and what's her name? I just like yeah. That's one for the books. That's one. For so the I have, yeah on that though. It brought up a question. Someone mentioned this as well. You know, it, look, um, you're involved in party leadership. Um, we now know Jim Walsh is our new Washington State Republican Party chair. We're both very excited. He's a great man doing a great job, all that stuff. And we know that at the national level, you have this uh, Ronna McDaniels, right, which is a Romney, right, Romney McDaniels. Um, and whether she's done a good job or not, that's really up to, for debate, and that's what it is. But why would they, the Republican Party and Ronna McDaniels, have CNN host this Republican debate? Right. With these anchors are, that are clearly anti-Trump, anti-whatever, uh, very uh, aggressive. Right. And I understand there's a there's an audience out there. but That's not a very big audience, brother. You know, Fox is a bigger field. You know, and then someone was saying on the flip side, would the Democrats al have allowed Sean Hannity or Jesse Waters or somebody else to hold the debate on Fox for a Democrat primary? And the answer is no. Right. So is is Ron McDaniels doing us a favor or Tucker Carlson? Right. You know, or is that uh, hurting us? And, and it makes you wonder. We've um, had some where we're supposed to be a red wave. There wasn't. It's not all her fault, but there's some leadership decisions we have to look at and say, are we in the same in the right vein when it comes to national leadership on the Republican Party? So I when you say it's not her fault. I mean, really? Yeah, well, I'm saying it's, it may it may very well be, but the, the point is leadership. She, I mean, she's the old, she's yeah. the old she's the old guard of yes. you know. Let's just be Democrat light, right? I mm -hmm. mean, and I don't even know how really she got kind of like reelected. I guess it's just because they were so scared of like Mike Lindell's and the other the other candidates, right? I mean, right. But is there someone out there that is, you know, like a you know, like a Johnson, like Speaker Johnson, right? Somebody right. like that. Right. It's just like, hey, you know, let's go win. Somebody like Jim Walsh, right? Yes, exactly. So Is I, that... you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we don't want to blow everything up, but I think sometimes we should just blow everything up, brother. I just say, you know, I'm just saying. Well, when you think what keep, God's you know, doing. It's like we're barely holding on. Like we do, we don't want to lose what we got. But at the same time, you have to kind of go all in, right? You have to like, you have to, you have to raise the stakes. You have to try. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so this last election day, obviously I was, you know, soundly thrashed, you know, with my big 17%. That's like the lowest I've ever gotten, brother. And I'm like, really, King County? Is that all you care about election integrity? It was still 50,000 votes. You know, there's mm -hmm. still 50,000 people in King County that like me. Um, but, you know, it's such a huge thing. And and even last time when I ran for Congress, it was all in King County because they took Pierce County out of the ninth. Mm -hmm. Right. And I got 28 percent. 
you know, so, but it is a, it is a smaller pool. Um, but I was going to say, yeah, hundred thousand versus, you know, 1.7 million. And, um, but we, you know, across the board, there was some, some disturbing things, right? Virginia mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And Virginia, you know, you kind of have to expect it in the sense of Virginia is a slave to Washington, D.C., right? If we don't keep the money train rolling, that could affect our economy and stuff like that. So there's some economic reasons why Virginia tends to go Democrat because Democrat loves the big deep state machine, right? That keeps printing and pumping out the money. Many of those that serve in D.C. live in Virginia. So there you have, they have the vested interest. Yes, but we did have some nice bellwethers. We have all of the incumbents in Seattle look like they're losing their jobs in the Seattle City Council, which is a really interesting thing. Burien, which has been very heavily socialist, they're they're losing as well. Of course, our friend Peter Kwan from SeaTac handily won over 62%. I mean, like ridiculously high. And uh, his 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 was almost as high as Julie Wise um, over me. Um, <laughs> so I have so a question. Two lot questions. Of hope. There's, so in the midst yep. of, you know, yeah. in the midst of dark clouds, there are silver linings. And and when you can have inroads like that in, you know, a traditionally heavy uh, Democrat place like Seattle and the Seattle area, um, mm-hmm. that does make me feel like maybe, you know. John 14 might be real, right? Where, of course, John 14 is real. Right, right. Prayers being <laughs> answered. God is moving. And, um, but, you know, I had, obviously, there's some real issues with, you know, putting our hope in politics, right? That's not, mm-hmm. we have to put our hope in God, but we still have to be active. We still have to get involved. We still have to do things. Yes, one hundred percent. Back to you, brother. Okay, I was like waiting for you to go. Okay, exactly right. I just literally about an hour ago, I kind of went through this whole this whole thing about the same thing. Is is we've got to get engaged. We got to know where God's placed us as far as the talents and gifts and so forth. But we're here for a purpose, and we can make a difference. And I was thinking that one of the questions I had for you relates to this very bigly, in a big way. Peter Kwan, right? Um, you were involved in a big way with your agency creating commercials for a slate of four several years ago. The sort of the SeaTac miracle, if you call it, um, where you as a small that was where fifteen dollars an hour started. The uh, the the left used a lot of money to come in and sway a small electorate to adopt fifteen dollars an hour now, and then Seattle adopted and so forth. So then you have this. Backlash with four sort of non-incumbent candidates running for office, which is hard. And in a district, you said is mostly socialist, left, and so forth, right? But you, your company had a very effective campaign running them as a slate. Anyway, all four of them won. What they did afterwards, we talked about, went from a deficit to a surplus. They were able to really manage things in a great way, clean up contracts, stop doing things the way they used to do. It's a, it's a tremendous um, turnaround story. Peter Kwan was one of those. And at the time, Peter Kwan was one that was probably the least likely to win. He was door knocking. He needed lots of help. He, he, I think he gained the most from your help and your company's help and the advertising command. But once he got in, look how great he's done. He's earned the, the respect and the repeat uh, election a couple of times now from the citizens to see how good he's done. So that even that effect Right. Now you can take some credit for that. And then also Peter Kwan, the fact that he got the opportunity and now 83 or 80 percent or whatever it is. Right. That say, hey, 
Yeah, we want to keep you in there, but you're doing a good job. I think that's what we need when we elect people that are called to it. We may have to do an extra yeoman's work just to get them in barely the first time. But after they're in and they prove their mettle, that's how you you overturn or you turn around an area like Jim Walsh did in the Grace Harbor area, where it was predominantly a Democrat for 50 years, right? But one by one, he turned out around to a red district. So what do you think, brother? Yeah, you know, uh, I was at the Washington State Republican Party banquet uh, just mm-hmm. uh, a, a little while back, and uh, Jim Walsh had an amazing closing message that he gave uh, to all of us there. And it was, you know, most people are not really Democrat and Republican. They're just right. people. Mm-hmm. And when we treat people like people, and we talk about what their actual values are and then we win because they're not they're not uh, into having their family disrupted. So uh, I texted you uh, before we went on the air a little screenshot. Did you see that? Yes, you did. Yeah, so that is what from is that? a Colorado um, service that your uh, elementary school kids are. It's being promoted to elementary school kids and this mom got on there and she posed as a nine-year-old and was absolutely shocked at how this person on the other end of the text messaging uh, was uh, trying to talk her into uh, using services to get gender transitioned and stuff like that at nine Oh, my goodness. Also brought up suicide. Do you feel suicidal? Do you, you know, she was like, well, I think I might be a boy or whatever. She's posing as a nine-year-old girl. This, uh, so basically what this thing says uh, that I sent Marty, uh, obviously she can't see it out here in radio podcast land. It says, my family is great, is huge. And then underneath at pointing out my faults. And then um, the next one says, my family never fails to cause frustration and stress. Um, so what they're doing is they're promoting out there to split the family, to turn the children against the parents, which is something that Jesus said, right? Jesus said right. that, you know, in the last days or whatever, that parents are going to, children are going to rise up against their parents and have them killed. I mean, it was like to that point. Mm. And, and so, you know, just, I just wanted you to see that because, you know, I don't think God likes that. I don't think God likes it when you you attack the babies. What do you think, brother? I think, first of all, Senate Bill 5599, the one that wasn't rehauled, the one that was passed here in Washington State, uh, the one that says that if a child mentions to a teacher or somebody that the family isn't supporting their decisions, they can go to a shelter that they can kidnap your children, go through a gender transition or an abortion without parental notification. They can literally take your child to state camp. Uh, and so this and, and even that, how demonic and evil that is and how scary that is, um, you still go, well, OK, what, what's going to happen now? This this is the next level where they're actually reaching out to your children, um, putting thoughts, leading them down a road to draw them to these places where they can take your children. That is that is not only scary, that is something that has to be stopped, brother. And, but this is what happens, right? It's, it's even w- when we look at the history in Washington State of the LGBTQ agenda, right? 
you know, it was, it was rights, equal rights with married people. And then it was everything but marriage. And then it was marriage. And then it was like, oh, don't you dare challenge the thought that it's not the same as, as traditional marriage, right? You know, you, you can't have these thoughts. This right here, you pass a law that's in, under the guise of protecting children, but it's not. It's allowing them to groom children in, a, in an official way to plant thoughts in their head. And that right there, I mean, honestly, this right here, when Jesus talks about when you harm the least of these, right, like a children, right, it's better to have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Um, yeah, uh, I think this parents are already upset, but seeing something like this, um, there should be a nationwide uh, revolt on this and say, no, 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 you don't. This, I think this is absolutely disgusting, brother. So along that same line, um, Jonathan Cho actually uh, was uh, one of our keynote speakers, uh, I believe, at the King County Banquet. And he was saying, hey, get this thing called, uh, I think it's called News. Oh, let me see what it's called. Um, I think it's called News Max, maybe, or News something here. I'm going to find it. There it is. Uh, news Break. A news break app. It's a hyper local app. So you you know you set your location services. So for me, it gives me news stories: Kent, Seattle, Renton, stuff like that. Nice. Uh, one of the yeah. news stories that came up on my feed uh, this morning was how Moms for Liberty, a right wing fringe group. Okay, so let me just ask Wait a you, minute. brother. What Wait do you minute. think? What do you think when you hear the word right? wing fringe group is has made inroads into school boards and and it it, painting it as a negative thing they're using school boards to push their political agenda is what what and so that and it was newsweek was the 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 so this what this does is it aggregates stories from across right the web and of course moms for liberty is a you know it's a washington thing right yeah yeah. Um, but they were very concerned that all of a sudden now school boards are becoming political. Well, if it's not political, why do you vote for it? Just just uh-huh. saying, just saying, brother, if we don't have a voice and what they're and they were very alarmed that they have, you know, hundreds of chapters now and thousands mm-hmm. of people and they're increasing in popularity. The, and then so they're demonized. They don't demonize yes. this this text to get your child to to rebel against the parents. You know, what child doesn't think my mom and dad are unfair? What child doesn't feel that, mm-hmm. you know, boy, when I get out of here, I'm going to, you know, live my life, you know, prodigal son stuff, right? Right, and, right. And they they completely, they you know, the role of our government should be to protect our children, not to separate their children from us and to put them at, at risk, to put them in danger. They're endangering our children, right? Because children- yeah are not mature enough to make decisions at nine, 10, 13, you know, so, and then, you know, yeah. we had this set, we had this 17 year old, 16 year old kid kills his sister-in-law and the two, the two young boys. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't think that's weird or that's, you know, that's bad. Um, we had the manifesto that was released yes. by Rogan, right. From this, this, yes. this girl that, you know, claim to be a trans boy or whatever, went in and shot up this Christian school. It was a hate crime. It's not being prosecuted yes. as a hate crime because she said yep. white people, she said Christians and all this stuff. Crackers. Yep. She went in there. We, yep. She was. We have anti-Semitism, which is another word for racism against Jews going yep. across college campuses, Jewish young men and women 
fearing for their mm-hmm. lives. We had a, a crowd at the at the uh, Moscow airport looking for a plane from Tel Aviv so they could get the Jews. Yep. Um, I mean, the, the hypocrisy the, is 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 stunning. The, it's, the it's murder the only thing that the, is. Yeah. The murder of the Jewish man. Um, the, the Jewish man was holding a flag in support of Israel, a, a Muslim a man, a anti and a, a pro Palestine, if you want to be politically correct on it, came over and struck him with his bullhorn and killed him. And it's not being prosecuted as a hate crime. It's a murder. But it's a murder because it's a hate crime against Jews. And, it's, and so the double standard, to your point, is again on full display. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so what we're seeing is a a real um, interesting – we're in an interesting time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what the Lord's laying on my heart, brother, is that we've got to – we've got to regain our voice. We have to regain our moral – authority yes you know very good and Mm -hmm. that's what i think what jim walsh was saying is like these are not democrats and republicans as soon as you run to your democratic Mm. you know if the democrats can get you to like i'm a democrat and those guys are bad or i'm a republican and those guys are bad what did jesus say jesus said love your enemies pray for those that use you you know yes now does that mean you you excuse the injustice no we stand for no. justice. We stand. We don't. Yes. We don't condone evil behavior, right? Right. But we do love the people, and we pray for them that they'll get saved, that they'll come to their senses. In the meantime, if they're killing people, they go to jail and they go to electric chair, whatever, right? Right. But liberty um, and justice for all, though. Same justice, equal justice yes, for all. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so, um, how do we regain our voice? You know, how do yeah. we win the lost? How do we become salt and light? How do we occupy until he comes? <laughs> There's so much cowardice, brother. I'm just saying, yes. I'm just yeah. going to say it like it is because in Revelation, and it talks about people being thrown into the lake of fire mm-hmm. and, and and it's, you know, adulterers and homosexuals and thieves and liars and all that stuff. But the first ones in, the very first ones thrown in the lake of fire are cowards, cowardly, yep. unbelieving. Yep. That's the two. Like, I read in Hebrews yesterday something very interesting, brother. I've read it before, but it it struck Mm -hmm. me as being really poignant. You know what it was, brother? It's impossible for God to lie. Yes. So the Bible is true. From Genesis to Revelation, he didn't lie. He said that, you know, all that stuff's true. And so when he says the cowardly and the unbelieving, what is the unbelief about? Well, you know unbelief about the bible well yeah mm-hmm. i believe that god does that but not for me because i'm bad right right the accuser of the brethren comes in in revelation 13 and i think it's 12 or 13 right in that thing it says the accuser of the brethren has been cast down mm-hmm. knowing that his time is short and so what does the accuser of the brethren do in the cistern right he accuses you of not being yes. good enough to get the things that god said but how did they overcome him they overcome him by the blood of the lamb, the word, the word of the of, testimony, and yep. that they don't love their lives so much as to shrink back from dying. So mm-hmm. if you want to have an effective life and we want to see America. So, you know, we've said this on show after show. America is a direct result of the of the Reformation, right? Mm-hmm. It was individual mm-hmm. needs to make an individual decision to love the Lord, to follow the Lord, serve the Lord. And that when these kingdoms and 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 nations 
would say, no, you're a Catholic or you're this or you're that. And that's, you know, and then people are, okay, I guess I am. Right. You know, people used to say, I'm, of course I'm a Christian. I'm American. Right. They used to say that. Right. Right. No, you're a Christian when you receive Christ, you're a Christian Mm -hmm. when you, when you, you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Now the Bible says that you didn't, you didn't choose me. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Okay. So let's get that straight. Nobody gets to be a Christian unless he does it. And yet in Romans, Paul says, how can they hear without a preacher? How can they go right. unless they're unless they're sent? Right. How beautiful are the mm-hmm. feet of those that come preaching good news? So I, I'm just saying, brother, you know, that's my heart, evangelism and stuff. How do we regain the initiative of the mm-hmm. moral authority of the church, the Bible, the word of God, the presence of God, the miracles of God, all of these things? You know, so I'm like, I'm like, Lord, send revival. And the Lord's like, OK, I want to send revival now. Go. Didn't mm-hmm. Jesus say, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send yes. laborers, laborers. Yes. What, did, yes. what did, what did Jesus, what did Jesus say about the guy that got one talent and buried it? He said, <laughs> lazy, he said, lazy, yes. lazy, 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 wicked slave. Are yes. we too lazy to get up and obey God? When are we going to get up and obey God, brother? That's what I'm saying. We can go. Amen. Well, I go to church every week. Well, you know, Keith Green used to say, "Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger." Right. right. So you've got right. to have to be a Christian. <laughs> Jesus said, "You know, I'm the vine. You're the branches. You are branches. Apart from right. me, you can't do nothing. Right? Nothing. Zero. So we connect with Jesus. How do we do that, brother? We pray yes. and read our Bible." Did Doug Amen, just say brother. pray and read your Bible again? again Why do I keep yeah. saying that? Because what's the funny key. about it is on <laughs> another show, I just I literally went through the, the exact same thing. I posted this morning about the parable of the talents, about the fact that we've been giving a, a measure of time, a measure of faith, and what are we going to be faithful with it? What are we doing with it? You know, why is the church abdicated their role? How we have to occupy until we return. So I, I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is guiding both of us, unbeknownst to each other, in the same way. But I want to share this with you, brother. It's Titus. Two or three, two or three witnesses. Yeah, you know, amen, brother. It's obviously yeah. what he's saying. You you mm-hmm. came at that independently from me. I yes. came at that uh-huh. independently from you. That's what the Bible says. Two or three witnesses. You know, let the, let the prophet speak and let the others judge. Right. Uh, amen. Yeah, it's a, a witness to it. And then, uh, of course, today's word in the in the Bible app, if you will, is Titus chapter three, verse four through seven. Let me listen to this real quick. But when the goodness of kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared in human form as the man, Jesus Christ, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy. By the cleansing of the new birth, spiritual transformation and regeneration, and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we would be justified, made free of the guilt of sin by his compassionate, undeserved grace, and that we would be acknowledged and acceptable to him and made heirs of eternal life, actually experiencing it, according to our hope, which is his guarantee. I just love that because it's right there. It's like we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it, but we've been giving it, right? And as we renew our mind with the, with the freshening of the word of God and, and the Holy Spirit regenerates us, right? We're called to use what he's given us as faithful stewards, right? He's given us new salvation. He's given us right standing with God. He's given us mercy. Now it's our job to go and do what he's called us to do. The works that he set up at the foundations of time, right? For us to do. 
And that's part of the things I was just mind-boggling this morning, because we all know this. When God says he laid up um, works for us to do at the foundation of time, he said that he knew us before he, the foundation of time, he knew us as he knit us in our mother's womb, that, that we had a relationship with God before we existed on this earth. So he cares about us, and therefore we're in the right time, in the right moment, with the right skills for him to use for his glory, right? And so it's, it's that uniqueness that he cares so much about you, that he not only knew you from the very beginning, that he had a plan for you to be alive right now, right here, and for us, you and me, and everybody else that's listening to this show, to do the will of the God, will of God, right? Which advances the kingdom to, to preach the good news, if you will, brother. So very exciting. You know, Jesus said, uh, don't fear those that can kill the body. After that, there's nothing else they can do. Mm-hmm. He said, fear him who after killing the body can cast both soul and body into hell, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we've we've lost that fear of the Lord, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. This This mm-hmm. idea that, we are being held accountable. So we overcome the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb. Jesus sacrifice on the cross covered me. I'm covered by his blood, by the word of our testimony. I'm telling you that I'm forgiven. And I'm also telling you that, yeah, I used to do bad stuff. You know, I used to be a drug guy. I used to be a, a you know, a rock star guy, immoral. And Jesus cleansed me. And, you know, and I still don't do everything right today. That's the problem, right? We still, you know, Paul talks about the old man, you know, who's going to save me from this body of flesh, right? That I'm stuck in because I keep messing up and I keep doing the things I don't want to do. Yeah. And so, (laughs) but, but he does, he cleanses us from that. It's a process. You know, I, I love what Rick Joyner said a few years ago. You know, there's usually a couple of hundred things wrong with us at any given time. Thankfully, the Lord's only working on one or two things, you know, because we'd be overwhelmed, (laughs) right? We'd be exasperated uh, by the process, but we can, we can overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony and that we don't shrink back from dying. Now. So what does that mean? Well, like, you know, some of this stuff literally kills us. Paul said, I die daily. Jesus said, take up your cross every day and follow me. So we just die. We just die to ourselves. Yeah. You, you can't kill a dead man. You know, a dead man doesn't get offended. A dead man isn't upset or worried. A dead man's dead. So we're just dead. And you know, we're dead men walking, but we're, we're him, you know, it's baptism, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're buried with Christ. We're dead. The old, old dude's dead. Old Doug's dead. And I'm raised in the likeness of Christ. Amen. And yeah. so when we're baptized in his spirit and all this sort of stuff. So this accusation thing that I'm not good enough to go share my faith with somebody that I'm not good enough to do that, man, we got to deal with that we, somehow mm-hmm. or other Marty, we got to deal with that because it's, it is crippling people. And it is a crippling. The crippling thing about it is causing us to lose our our country, our schools, our neighborhoods, our neighbors. You know, I got this guy across the street from me, dude. He's an old Marine uh, guy. Was in Vietnam. He told me he's been shot. He was stabbed. He, you know, he did all this stuff. And he's he's a great big guy. He's like he's like your size, like you know, six mm-hmm. four or whatever. And I just love this guy. But he he got he got busy. He mm-hmm. handed out Trump flags. So I got like five or six houses around me, including mine. They got a Trump flag on them. Right. I and love he's it. Like, and right. then he's like, and then he says, I'm putting this other one over here in God we trust. So everybody knows I'm a Christian. And he puts it on his fence on the, in his front yard. They just put up this new fence. Cause they got a dog, 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> wanted a dog. Little, he wanted to keep the little dog safe. And he's got this big Christian thing. I'm like, okay, that's legit. You know, yeah. that's a that's a Christian. You know, he was a Marine, right? Once a Marine, always mm-hmm. a Marine is what they say. Right, right. But um, but this dude, you know, I mean, he's like, he's just like, wow, um, this is great. You know, and then you know, I keep running for office, and 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 a lot of it's just platform, right? Because I haven't been mm-hmm. elected anything. And um, well, I got elected vice chair at King County Party once, but then you mm-hmm. got elected chair Pierce County, so that you know you did. You well, did look that, at us you now, did that, You yeah. did that thing. Um, <laughs> you know, you did that thing you do. Yeah, Doug, that's great. I'm better. Um, you know, I love you, brother. Anyway, I love you too, brother. but this i this idea that you know we had a platform. You know, I had these yes. debates, and I'm like, well, you know, Jesus said this, and and whatever, and they're like, you know, I'm on I'm on Channel 13 or whatever in Seattle, right. And, uh, you know, one of my friends uh, calls me up and he's like, dude, you talk about Jesus in that debate. And I'm like, well, what's the point of even doing this if we can't talk about Jesus, if we can't talk about what's what's important? Why? Why would I spend one hundred and sixty thousand dollars of other people's money um, to run for office if I can't, you know, have a platform and talk about the Lord? And I'll tell you what. What's that, brother? A lot of the people that give me money, they're like, I'm praying for you. You know, yes. God has hands on this and stuff like that. Yes. So, you know, I'm, rep- you know, how about if we represent them while we're running, not just when we get elected? How about we just represent them? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's the there point. There we go. Right. right. They're funding right. that campaign. Why can't we, and why can't we represent the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yep. that's important. And, and it helps us to regain the moral authority because, you know, if you'll pray and read your Bible in the Bible, in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I'm going to give you another helper. He's going to, he's going to speak and he's going to guide mm. you and he's going to mm-hmm. tell you things to come and he's going to take a mind and he's going to, there's five, he wills in there. And, and so we get filled with the spirit and he brings these things to remembrance. And so we're praying, we're reading our Bible and we're storing this stuff in our spirit. And then when you get in a debate or you get in a public place, those Bible verses, man, they come the Holy spirit brings them up. It's mm-hmm. hard for him to bring him up if you haven't been reading it. Uh, but if you've been reading it and spending that time with the Lord, you know, uh, what what I've often heard it recalled, uh, call, referred to as the manna test. Will you get up in the morning and find the manna, mm-hmm. the manna, the mm-hmm. time with God? Will you find time with God, eat the word and 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 go out and do it? And, um, you know, so sometimes we eat the word, it's sweet in our mouth, it makes our stomach bitter. That's uh, Revelation 10, I believe, um, where this big angel comes down and right, says, eat right. the book, right, or whatever. So we eat the book, and then we just allow the Lord. You know, we could pray this simple prayer. Lord, send me today. Lord, mm. I, I make myself available. Use me today, however you want. And then, you know, I, I've kind of made that a life thing I, I i i've messed up i haven't done it every day but um you know when i pray that prayer i always seem to find myself in some situation where i'm witnessing and it doesn't have to be and it's not like you need you know whatever it's not about them mm-hmm. it's about the lord mm-hmm. i'm talking about mm-hmm. the lord and uh, and giving my testimony right the word of our testimony this is what god did for me i'm so thankful mm-hmm. that god took a a druggie a, a rock guy a, a musician and gave me a wife and it gave me five great kids and three great grandkids and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, didn't deserve it. Didn't earn it. He, it was grace. 
It was grace at the beginning. Amen. It was Amen. grace in the middle. And it was going to be grace at the end, brother. If we, you know, Amen. and so we want to finish the race. We want to, you know, complete the course. And I think I mentioned this last week. They were talking about all these people coming over the border. Did I talk about this last week? And they're saying they're Maybe. all these, they're all these fighting age men coming yes. over the border. Yes. And the Lord said mm-hmm. to me, as I was driving to work that day, he goes, you know what fighting age is for me? And I'm like, well, if God's asking you a question, he ain't looking for information. Right. He, he was getting ready. He wants to get my attention so he can tell me yes. something. He said, yes. well, uh, Caleb was 85 when he took his mountain. So fighting age for God, this idea that I'm too young, this idea that I'm too old. Uh, uh, Paul said to Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got Caleb, 85 years old. Give me my mountain. I want my mountain. Mm-hmm. There's giants right. up there. I need to go get it from them. I'm going to get them. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Encouraging everybody that's listening, your families, never too late. God's time is perfect. I, I was doing a whole thing on time earlier as well. The idea that we have, it's, we fell back last week in this whole daylight savings time thing, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Now in modern day, we need to get rid of it. But the idea here that even in the parable of the talents, right, applies to that. We know from experience and God's word that when we're faithful with the time he's given us, we take care of the important things first, whether it be spending time with God, spending time with your family, setting aside a thing which Doug's very good about with his family and vacations and so forth, that you tend to have more time. You know, when you're prepared early, you have more time in the day for the fun stuff. When you don't do those things first, when you don't spend the time wisely, you never have enough. It's always urgent. You're always reacting to things. So I believe in that in that parable, when we're faithful with the time we've been given, um, he trusts us with more time, talent, treasure, opportunities to serve as we've been faithful. That's the whole thing. It's like we have an opportunity and we're all given a measure of time, number of days on this earth. We're given a measure of faith. We're given whatever it may be. And what do we do with it? Right. And that's what Doug says, go out and get after it. Right. We're, we're called. Let's go forth and conquer. And I was wanting to circle back a little bit. That text you sent me with those, the, how insidious this is from that, from the school board and whoever may be sending out texts about these nine-year-olds. Right. This is like the enemy of our soul. Think about what he did to Eve. Right. Did God really say that? It got them to doubt. Right. The trust or the word of God that was said to Adam here, they're getting the kids to like uh, identify, if you will, uh, agree to separate them from the parents, right? The parents have a way of raising their children. Of course, there's going to be frustration, right? But there's still a trust that has to be built between children and parents of authority. This is undermining that in a very, very, very dangerous way. And then the comment about before about making the uh, school boards political, this is the most political place in Washington state and probably across this nation. Ever since the Department of Education has been in place, all these top-down mandates. In Washington state, much of this sort of LGBT sexual, uh, all that agenda has been driven down through the school districts, right? The superintendent of public instruction, Chris Reichdahl, was, was on the floor uh, passing this sexual education funded and created by Planned Parenthood, Right. This, this is, and then through the schools, we know in Washington state, the most powerful lobby, which is the people that have the most amount of money that affect elections is the teachers union, the teachers union that have forced dues. 
Yeah, WEA. Um, Derek Kilmer, who's now not running for re-election in the sixth congressman over there, which is kind of strange. I think he's gearing up for something, brother. Um, he said on the campaign trail that he's on the phone every single day. This is back when he was a senator with the president of the WEA, meaning they have the ear of, of basically the representatives in the House and the Senate. So when you see all this nasty stuff coming on, this has been political from the beginning. That's where a lot of times they'll lay the bench for future office is in school boards because that they also are controlled by the union, the teachers union, that has an agenda that comes from the national level. So we have to be very careful of the people that are pulling the strings. And so this type of stuff comes out from that. That's why it is so good that the Moms for Liberty are making inroads into education, into school boards, so that that influence is diminished and exposed. And so I, we were talking about this, but that is an, an example of Christians getting engaged in the civic mountain to make a difference, to protect our children and the future for our children. Don't you think, brother? Yeah. And, you know, you've arrived uh, when the Moms for Liberty is um, – labeled a, a hate group by the Southern Policy Law Center. Brother. SPLC, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Once you once you get that label, you're um you know who else was a threat to them, by the way? The Tea Party. Uh who else was a threat to them? And uh conservatives. And you also was a threat to them, people to support Donald Trump and making America first. Think about that again. You know, basically anybody that has uh, a different opinion or a worldview than the socialist communist left is labeled uh, terrorist or hate crime or whatever. Remember, parents showing up at school board meetings were labeled with the Department of Justice as domestic terrorists, brother. Uh, when were Catholics were on the watch list back then? These, these are things because they're pro-life, brother. Um, so th th this has all been political. It's also been spiritual. And when Christians realize the spiritual battle is being played out in the political mountain, in the cultural mountain, in the mountain of education and healthcare and whatever, that we've got to be into all the world where we've been called to be that salt and light, like as you started the show off with, brother. Um, when they realize that, that the battle is being carried out and we're in it, whether we choose to or not, and what we do with our time and our talent and our treasure and where we invest it matters matters to God and matters to those around us. And if we're really going to love our neighbor, we've got to make sure that, that those that are in elected authority are not putting burdens upon, not uh, diminishing or tearing apart our families in a strategic way, or we want to have people there that actually have a moral compass submitted to God that actually reduce the burdens upon our people. Don't you think? Yeah. I, um, I'm reminded, you know, as I'm listening to um, you, about the Jesus said, you know, this is my commandment that you love one another, right? Mm -hmm. That we love each other, that, that, you know, as Christians, brothers, sisters, we, we have to love each other. And, and how do you do that? You know, love is patient, love is kind. So they, we don't, it doesn't mean we always agree like you and I, we don't agree on everything. Uh, right. We're generally in agreement um, on the details and stuff like that. What well, we major on the majors and we don't major on the minors, right? And mm -hmm. so we love each other, but then the, he gives the reason for that, Marty, because he says, you know, if the world loved me, they'd love you, but they don't love me. They hate me. And if they hate me, they're going to hate you. 
And so the world in that, in that, in the Greek, there is cosmos, K-O-S-M-O-S, cosmos. But it, it actually means the way things are set up, the arrangement of things. The cosmos in that Greek term is talking about the, the worldly arrangement as it is currently, right? So we had a, a real successful rebellion against the devil called the United States of America. And in the United States of America, we had one nation – in 1787 that had self-determination, self-government, it was America. Now, you know, 200 and almost 50 years later, we have 80% of the world has self-determination because of mm -hmm. America, right? And so this idea that America is bad is coming from people who want to control you, who want to control everything. And so they're they, they're teaching the kids that, you know, America had slaves. Well, guess what? Every nation in the world had slaves and a lot of slaves are happening right now. There's more slavery right, right now than there was in the 1850s. OK, yes, there is. Yep. Um, and then, you know, America's racist. Well, there's more racism going on right now against the Jewish people than happened in, in the, the 1960s, 50s Jim Crow era. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a a narrative and and when we start to recognize that, it's time for us to, to regain our voice. I'm seeing an explosion, Marty, of of new uh, news outlets, of new voices uh, that are being birthed. And somebody listening to this program right now, you've got some ideas and you've got some things that are like stirring in you. We as Christians, we want to love one another because the world is not going to love you. They're not going to mm -hmm. they're not going to dig you. Um but they're not stupid either. Right. And, you know, this idea that, you know, two plus two equals five animal farm idea. And whoever doesn't believe that we're going to cancel you and we're going to ruin your business and we're going to you're going to lose your job and all this that that coercion. Why does the left coerce, brother? It's because their ideas suck. Right. They have to force you. 100 percent. Right. If their ideas were great, everybody would want to do it. Right. Why? Why are parents that want to protect their children from a dangerous uh, procedure and lifestyle that will that will ruin their life. Why are they labeled as as bad? Why are they trying to? Well, your parents are mean. Your parents are mean. I mean, it's so insidious, and we've got to regain our voice and just accept the fact that the world's not going to dig it. They're not going to like it. Too bad for them. It's true. <laughs> I've quote Winston Churchill many times. And it, Winston Churchill said, the truth is incontrovertible. Malice may malign it. Ignorance may deride it. But in the end, there it is. Okay. The boys are boys. Girls are girls. There it Amen. is. It's true. And you can give a girl a fake penis and you can give a boy a fake vagina, but there's still a boy. Cause it's at the, it's at the coding level. It's at the DNA yes. level. You can't, yeah, the, you, can't you know, you can yes. tell a Mercedes Benz it's an airplane, but it ain't going to fly brother. <laughs> you drive that sucker off the cliff. It's going to crash. You're going to die. It doesn't identify because it's coded to be a car. It's coded. I, yeah, to be a you car. reminded me of something here though. You really reminded me of something I wanted to say earlier about those texts to the kids 
we are so wrapped up in what other people may think about us, whether it be social media, the news. I mean, we, in many cases, society in general is afraid of not being liked. Kids are the nth degree of that. They're in a culture, a, a, a um, an environment where that's just fed to them, right? Oh, don't do that. It's not politically correct. Oh, don't do that. You won't be liked. Oh, you got to fit in and so forth. This right here, those texts are uh, adding fuel to that fire. To your point, when the word says to die to self, to not worry about it, we'll be hated, to love each other. That's that antithesis. That's the, the counter to that society. It's like, no, no. You know, we're going to do what God tells us to do. We're not going to worry about being liked by others because we're not going to be. And the kids too, if they're in a family, hey, you're going to be hated by your beliefs. You're going to not fit in at times. It's okay because you are made special in the eyes of God for a purpose. And there's a lot of that stuff about identity comes down to. Where's your identity found? Is it found in Christ? Is it found in your family? Is it found in your nation? Or is it found in all the external sort of how you look, what you drive, where you do whatever, how your friends uh, notice you. I think a lot of our kids struggle with that. That's where that we got to keep on praying, got to keep on engaging. But that's why we have to fight back against those political and spiritual forces that want to use that as a tool to draw our kids away from us and away from God. So uh, I think it's just that was good. Yeah. But part of our job as parents and grandparents and people, citizens is to understand that these are our assignment is to protect these children to raise them up in the way they should go, to give them or to share with them so they can receive as a free gift their identity in Christ, which gives them strength to resist the wills of the world, right? Yes. So, and not to, yeah, you know, yeah. So good, brother. You know, um, in, in Hebrews, it says that, you know, we don't want to despl- despise the discipline of the Lord. In a, in a, in a, he compares it with fathers and families, right? We discipline mm-hmm. the children. In order, we do it for their good. You know, mm-hmm. I don't discipline my child because I don't lo- now. And then there's there is child abuse, but that's again, that's making up the straw man. That's it's way over here. Yes. Yeah, if you're abusing children, then yeah, ab- absolutely, we need to figure out how to protect the kids from that abuse. Mm-hmm. But now they've defined abuse as Christian teaching, right? So uh, I would say get yeah. your. I would say get your kids, get your grandkids into a Christian school, if at all possible, and try to find one that ain't woke and homeschool. And let's make more Christian schools. Let's make more charter schools and let's defund the school system. Now, I'm mm-hmm. extremely encouraged, Marty, because every levy, every cap expense for schools in Western Washington that I saw failed. Kent failed. Seattle failed. Kirkland failed. That's people like that's people voting with their wallet. That's cancel culture. Yes. The way it's supposed to work. If you're going to if you're going to indoctrinate, if you're going to separate our children from us, we are not going to pay your bills. We're not going to fund you. We need to defund Disney, defund Bud Light defund Target, and defund the public schools. Defund the WEA. I could tell you a story, brother. We got a minute. Okay, tell me. Tell us. (laughs) Glenn Morgan did what was legally um, available to him, and he audited the WEA's PAC 
books and he took six people in there with him and they freaked out. And of course, he's come up with many complaints to file costs them millions. Why does he do that? Because it takes millions away from them in affecting our elections in damaging our families. You know, yes, the Washington Education Association is not a friend of children or parents. They're a friend of the communists. They're a friend of the left. It is a political arm of the left. That's what it is. Yep. Yep. Hey, Ted Cruz has got a new book out. Does he? Yeah. No. I think it's going to come out. I think it comes out this weekend. You might want to check it out. It's about the something about wokeism. But I saw an interview with him last week uh, with Mark Levin. Very good. Um, so if you two can very smart it, people, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, but but Ted Cruz talked about his dad in Cuba, right? The, as a fourteen-year-old, fifteen-year-old revolutionary, and then ends up in jail when when uh, you know he gets elected. Anyway, I right. guess I guess we're done. This is Doug Bassler <laughs> and Marty McClendon, and you can go to Doug and Marty dot com and uh, replay this episode and others as well. Uh, also on your favorite podcast, Doug and Marty dot com. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, happy Veterans Day to all those that serve. God bless you, and God bless America.